So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. Uh, We have got a super, super treat. I've got some rock stars on the podcast today, and they're doing some pretty amazing things. I think they've got a a truly genuine and amazing story, and they're just, they're they're honestly, they're they're the heart guys. They do it because they love it. Um, I've got Jake and Gino with me. What's up, guys? Corey. Corey. Thanks for having us. You know, for anybody that doesn't know Jake and Gino, can you give me just the quick little five minute or whatever it takes? Give me, give me the whole background of where you guys come from. Yeah, Corey, I, I think you're the heart guy though, because we don't want to get too far into it. But that love journal that we spoke about a minute ago, we got to get into that later on because I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up some tips from you, some nuggets uh, on on love and relationships. So we're going deep today. We're gonna go really deep. You know, bottom line is I met Gino going back 2010, 2011. You know. We're going to his restaurant every week, would order food. I was a pharmaceutical rep at the time. And every time I came in, I'd go get my favorite, Jake's chicken. His brother had it on the menu, and Gino never even spoke to me up to that point. And I would go in, and for the folks on YouTube, the G-Dad would be in the back with his arms crossed, with a, with a puss on his face. Or is it a puss? I don't know. And it was because guys weren't showing up. He had you know people that weren't doing the dishes, and he was doing the work that he shouldn't have been doing because at the time, he was not systematized. Fast forward, Gino comes over, pulls a chair up next to me, pulls up a website called LoopNet. I had no idea what LoopNet was at the time. $30,000 per door in, in Tennessee. We're looking at multifamily units. His eyes get really big. He takes a chance on a 28-year-old kid. Next thing you know, we're up to 1,500 units, and we have four different businesses around multifamily. So that's a, that's a very uh, fast-forward version of what happened, but that's, that kicked everything off. I was enjoying some Jake's chicken, smelling the cherry peppers. And, you know, a little uh, trattoria dish turned into a, uh, a little multifamily empire. So and that little love journal, I just want to mention that I taught Jake everything <laughs> I know. So when I pass away, I was like, Jake, you're such a smart dude. Where'd you learn everything? Learn everything from G. Everything, yeah. everything from the G father. So, <laughs> so. that is amazing. So uh, let's, uh, let's kind of dive into some of the multifamily stuff that you guys are doing. Like, what is it? What is a typical project like you guys look like? And, and you know, how do you find it, acquire it, raise money? Like, Give everybody kind of a little flavor of what you guys do. Well, it's been a transformation for us. When we first started, all we thought was, let's buy stuff on our own. We didn't know anything about syndication five, six years ago. We were just partnering up, me, Jake, and my brother, Mike, throwing some money together. And we just fell upon the mom and pop apartment complex. The three-step framework I got behind me, the buy right, the manage right, the finance right. We figured out on our first deal. Our second deal came three months after the first deal. It's 36 unit. First one was a 25 unit. The next one was a 36 unit. And we partnered up with somebody else with our uh, next partner. The third deal was six months after that. So the momentum really grows. It takes you a long time like anything in life. It takes you 18 months to stick. 
Stenziano and Barbaro in Tennessee. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say anything, but when you hear y'all ain't doing business in Tennessee, you know, that's, it sticks with you. Mr. Stenziano goes out and buys a house. He has to please the wife. I you're going to talk about the cowboy boots that I bought. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. You had a lot of guns. So you figured you fit in with the guns down there. But I mean, with everything else, it was, it was tough. I mean, it, it's a grind. It's not this love journey where you're like, oh, you just, you know, overnight success. There's no oh, such yeah, thing. That's just found me, right? Yeah. There's a, no, there's an, oh, it, it took us a long time because, you know, we're, we're figuring it out. We're creating the relationships. We're looking at our niche. We're really, I had a lot of years of experience as far as underwriting deals and knowing what I wanted, but it took time to implement it. I wanted proof of concept. I wanted to make sure that we we're buying the right stuff. So it took a long time. I had already been down that course of buying bad deals. No deal is better than a bad deal. I had already bought in a couple of deals, one in mobile home, one in mixed use. And it wasn't the deal. It was just me that I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So yeah. I wanted to make sure I'm bringing on Jake and his family. I want to make sure that I don't screw it up for his family. And I'm sure he was thinking the same thing for me. So we started out with a small 25 unit. We hope we bought anything up. Uh, we, our last deal we just closed on uh, was 143 units in Lexington, the $10 million deal. So that one we're syndicating. So you just start out slow and start out small to progress, learn and learn the process and then start surrounding yourself with like-minded people, start growing your network, start masterminding. And all of a sudden you don't have to just buy on your own. You can raise money for these deals and you can start syndicating. Or you can start raising money for other people's deals. I mean, there's so many different ways to get into multifamily that if you don't know, you don't join a community, and you don't educate yourself, you're going to be stuck with, I don't know, money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to piggyback off that a little bit because year one made $0 in this great multifamily business. <laughs> year, year two made $0 in multifamily. Year three made 18000 and it took to year five before we hit seven figures each. So yeah, it, it's I think not a that- five year incubator, brother. I- Listen, it is an absolute five-year incubator to get into the money. But gosh dang, it's a great... I mean, once you get there, you're like, oh my gosh, because then it just starts to kind of snowball. But, mm-hmm. well, but I, I want to yeah. jump real quick because one of the things you said was the you know like hustle. is uh, What I heard in my mind was like, man, you know, we just said we're going to do it. And they're like, hey, let's do this 36 or 23 unit deal. I've got this guy, this and You're like, what do I got? And you're like, hey, Wait, I got my brother or my, my partner. Let's grab him. All right, so we got that done. Another deal. Wait, hold on. And you're just trying to be resourceful and figuring it out. And that really, in my opinion, is what this business is about, is being super resourceful and not being ashamed to ask and say, I need some help. And then be willing to give up some of the profits to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the people that solve problems in multifamily are the ones that make a lot of money. I borrowed $10,000 from my grandparents on our third deal. I blew up my 401k. I took out a HELOC. Everything in the beginning was just, I was all chips in focused. You know, we were, that's one of our key strategies, commit. We don't get the shiny object syndrome. We're not going over here buying Bitcoin. We're not going over here doing fix and flips. From the beginning, we committed to this, stuck with it. And, and to your point, within five years, changed my life. So on that third deal, Jake, that third deal, we also had the broker take a note for his commission. Uh, we also got an acquisition fee. We rolled our acquisition fee into equity. There's so many different ways of doing it. I mean, hey, if you want a bird dog or you want to, you know, you're in the market and you want to have a deal, you have a great deal, you have no money, just get people to give you the money and manage the finance deals. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways, but if you don't know and you're not creative and you're not thinking outside the box and once when you first start and you think to yourself, you're an expert game over because there's so much to learn. The market's changing. Now all of a sudden CMBS is the flavor of the month. What happened to Fannie and Freddie? They're till gone. Until last, last week, Fannie and Freddie got their act together and coming back now. So it's like, you, know, you got to ride it, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's what it is. If you're an expert and you can't think outside the box and you can't be an entrepreneur in this business, you're just going to be an average at it. So you really have to sit there, hone your craft, do what we're doing. You learn, you do it, and you teach. Because when you start teaching and doing podcasts, all of a sudden you start learning and you start expanding your mind and you start, you're able to get on the phone with Corey for an hour and pick his brain after the call and say, wow, I never thought of it that way. Or, you know, that's what happens. I mean, that's, that's, I think how we found our success by starting Jake and Gino and reaching out and doing podcasts and learning from the people and broadening our horizon through our network. Our first, our first event, we had 175 people. I remember after that event, it was like, holy cow, we got 30 investors. Then last year, same thing. We had 400 people. We got another hundred investors from that. And it starts multiplying. That's why it's the long game and you bootstrap it, you commit and you figure it out. And then you say, how about that first podcast, Gino? What a mess that was, right? <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing. I think it took to episode 60 before we even got the sound somewhat reasonable. And so. we still had a problem after episode 100. People saying, Jake, your microphone, can you turn your microphone up? So it's all right. You look like an ass, but it's okay because then that Just happens. commit and figure it out, baby. It is commit, right? So, man, I love that word commit because, man, I can remember, I mean, to the day when I fully committed to, to real estate, forget it, even just multifamily. I mean, I was sitting in my, I was a financial advisor. I, was, I knew I was oh. fired about like two hours, right? Because I had a manager meeting. I knew it was in my, my secretary couldn't even look at me. So, I, I mean, I was on the chopping block. I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, what am I going to do? And I was like, I got to come up with plan B like now. And in the solitude of my, my four walls, I was like, I know what I want to do. I want to do real estate. But I was just trying to like have a job so I could afford, uh, you know, buy more real estate. I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. know there was thing called syndication or other people's money in that room i and i committed i committed i mean i'm telling you like not just a commitment but i'm telling you like everything that i ever was am going to be i mean besides maybe my commitment to, to my wife that level of commitment and i mean i knew it to be so and i was willing to do the work i was willing to burn every bridge i didn't care and as long as it was legal and ethical i was willing to do it all Corey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, the financial aspect of it, when you were a financial planner, how did that fit in your life being a financial planner and then going to real estate? I mean, did you like that space or were you conflicted in that space? I hated that space. Man. Okay. <laughs> but, oh, I always say this, man. Like, So I, I, I was Edward Jones financial advisor. And Edward Jones is known for one of the best training places to learn the financial services industry. Mm-hmm. And dude, what I did, what they did teach me, I went door to door for almost two and a half years in a suit and tie, in Arizona, in the summers at sometimes, door to door. I mean, you talk about swamp ass and like building an integrity. And all my job was just to pitch. And, and Edward Jones gave me a laptop, a computer, and a story, and a, and a, and a company to stand behind. That was what I did. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it taught me everything about money. But when the market crashed, because I started in 2006, when the market crashed, I realized I had no control. No control. Mm-hmm. And that's when, and I wanted to do real estate. The only reason I was trying to be a financial advisor is so I could make $100,000 a year to go buy some real estate. <laughs> uh-huh. That's great. So, uh, hey guys, can I, can I chime in here for a minute? Because you're almost talking about your ride. And I want to take the folks for a ride for a second, because we have our three whys and, yeah. and that are associated with multifamily. And the, the first one is why we got into multifamily and you hit the nail on the head. It was for control. I remember going back to 2008 and my company was doing layoffs every year. So I, I was sitting by the phone every year almost. If you sit by the phone, we'll let you know if you have a job or not because of the Sunshine Act. So number one for myself and Gina was about taking care of our families. It was about control. 
Then all of a sudden we started getting into the business. We started having success and we started winning and we started, we created financial freedom. So the next why was, why are we successful? We started, we always analyze, we look back in time and try to figure out why are we being successful? So the second why was why we won. And what we figured out was, was that commitment piece and treating it like a business. Because a lot of people will get in, we buy from folks that we label as mom and pops. That's where we find the value. They think it's important to get into real estate. They want to be there, but they don't treat it like a business. And then at the point that we're at now in, the, in our, our journey is that, why do we continue doing it? Why don't we just sell it off and, and, and go right out in the sunset? And what we found was that Gina and I are ultimately passionate about creating communities that allow people to become the best version of themselves. And so tomorrow, for example, we have a, an event for our company, Rand Cares. We're going out, we're building playgrounds, and we're creating great communities in our apartments. We, we believe in like a Chick-fil-A type apartment complex. We're offering a ton of value and great customer service. So we've taken time to really take a step back and look at this entire picture. And I want folks to know that they can go for that ride too if they commit they stay in their, line, their lane in the beginning. They do things, like you said, with integrity and ethics. And that's really what the, the journey will look like for yourself over time if you, if you stay in this game. And, and dude, what a journey, right? Like, that's, yeah. a powerful, that's a powerful statement, brother. Like, you're not just talking about you and, and Gina. Like, that's, that's not it. We're not, we're not talking about just, hey, I just want to try to make some money. We, we fed 10,000 kids for Thanksgiving last year. Gino's up in Harlem, you know, working with the Friars. I mean, it's not, look, we're, we're capitalists to the core. We love making money, but it feels really good to give back. It feels great to, you know, all of our employees, we create great environments for them. And then also the communities that we serve our residents. It's just, it, it just hit us. And it's like, this is, this is like our sole purpose. This is what we need to be here doing. And did you ever think fulfilling. that's what it was when you first started? I mean, how, like, dude, when I was in corporate, if you'd even told me a core value, I'd tell you go fly a kite. Well, like get, get out of this <laughs> shit. Like I am like the worst employee you ever want to have. First of all, so don't know that about pharmaceutical me. sales, by the way. So I, I know that that business. Model. Uh, yeah. yeah. I got two, <laughs> you know, great, great training. Listen, <laughs> I worked for, I worked for a top three pharma company, phenomenal training, learned a oh, lot about new structures oh. and things. So, so the funny thing when you're talking about it, when you're striving to become financially free, it's all about you, you, you. You need to pay the bills. You need to focus on yourself and you really can't look outside yourself sometimes. But those who can look outside of themselves and focus on others and help others be the Bob Berg, you know, the, the go-giver, they are the ones who are going to really excel. And then when they become financially free, all of a sudden, I mean, I always say this to Jake, I always joke around, I say, profits to fuel, it's not the destination. I make a little more money this month, a little less money. It's not a big deal. I had to make more, more than I need per month to live. And whatever's left over, it's great. So I'm not building a business. I'm not signing students up to Jake and Gino just to make a few bucks. The education piece is awesome. It works symbiotically beautifully uh, with our syndication company. It works beautifully with the investments. But if it doesn't work, we don't need to sign up a student. That's okay. I want to continue to build it. I don't have to do that. So I think that's the great thing. About and that's, that's the only way to do education anymore. I, and so many people not, are not, right? There's the education space is just horrible. But when you see the people that, that you don't you do it because you love it, not because it's yeah. the thing that feeds you. Yes. Like, you guys are real investors. You're, you do the business, right? Mm -hmm. um, we do the education space because we, that's kind of like the give back and you've got to charge something for it because it's our time and it takes, I mean, it's a lot of work. We all know how much work you yeah. You have to charge. You know why you have to charge, sadly? Because if people don't have skin in the game and you get something for free, like a bigger pockets thing, and you read somebody's post, you don't take action on it. And I was the same way. Yeah. If you don't have, it's like investing. If you don't have your own skin in a deal, you're not going to really worry about it too much. But if you pay somebody a thousand bucks to get on a call, you're going to be ready, locked and loaded. You're going to spend yeah. hours preparing for that call. And that's how human nature is. So everyone, invest in your education. Don't be afraid to spend some money on it. I will guarantee you, you're going to get it back tenfold.
the best things for me I've ever done is where I spend money on learning how to do this business, right? Mm-hmm. And then yep. being, being open to say, and here's the other part, is I may not know it all, right? I mean, you've got to come in with, a, like, copy your way to success is the formula. And there's lots of great people out there that you can copy from. You guys are definitely two that are, are doing it in the right way. Because everything we've talked about so far has just been around people and family, community. You don't hear that a lot anymore. You don't hear that kind of stuff anymore, right? And it's funny because it's all about being isolated now. So that's why I've created the Jake and Gino community because I want people to come together. I want them to come. And, and the, it's all about the environment. And it's all about your identity. So when I was at the restaurant, I identified as the pizza guy. It was hard for me to identify as a multifamily investor. And when you can't identify as what you want to become, you ain't picking up the phone. You're not underwriting deals. You're not going to the meetup. You're not, you're not putting in those LOIs. And once on my third deal, I said, you know what? I'm a multifamily investor. I, it, just, it just took off. I mean, all of a sudden it happened. And same thing with Jake. But I think once Jake said, I'm property manager, I'm going to do this, this business full time, all of a sudden things started changing for us. And if I You know when the moment clicked for me. You know, Taco Bell. <laughs> so, so, well, no, Taco Bell was one thing that was, that was when I, I fired my boss at Taco Bell. It's a story for another time. But the, the moment that it really clicked for me was a W2 my entire life had limiting beliefs that, you know, oh, I can't yes. be a business owner. It's only for, you know, like some super rich guys. Right. We bought our first deal. It was owner finance, mom and pop total disaster, right? It was in a good area, but it was a disaster and they paid in cash. And I said, you know what? I'm going to sign up. I want to learn this from the ground up. I'm going to be the property manager. You know, 50 employees later, we have a whole different story because it comes down to people, systems, and culture. We learned that later on. But I literally was going door to door collecting cash. And I remember the, the first day you know, we took over, they, they actually paid that time because they wanted to, I guess, impress the new ownership. But I had laid all the, the, the 20s that smelled like tobacco across the... Oh my God, it's like stinking up my house. I can still smell it in my nostrils. Right? But anyways, I take a picture of it and I send it to Gino and it was the most liberating moment of my life, just sitting back in, and you know, it might've been like 8,000 bucks, you know, people are paying you. That's right. People were paying me. And all of a sudden I'm like, that was that control piece where we're in the driver's seat now and we can actually do things to make a change. Because keep in mind at the time when I was with a pharmaceutical company, this is the sunshine act. This is healthcare reform. Just cut back, cut back, cut back. Don't do this. Don't do that. And, And I'm just like, Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. You know, we got all these great ideas and it was like, shut up and listen. And do what I tell you to do, and that's like that—that's the most crippling thing to a guy like me. So to be able to allow you to freedom out. to be who you are and be creative, right? That creative gene mm-hmm. and that drive. When someone takes it away, it's like, well, why? What? What the hell, right? What? What? We we make the calls now. We we decide to charge moving fees. We decide to do rubs. We you know we we actually lay the groundwork, and we don't do it like that was in the beginning. One of our one of our core values in the beginning was it doesn't matter if this is the way it's always been done. We're going to do it our way, and that's what we built our company off of. So. so let's talk about you guys. Got I see you got a real promise on your hat. We got it behind. Uh, you know, tell me what that's about. That's, well, that's a great story. Jake Jake was actually outside one day cutting the grass. He's got the chainsaw and he sees the wheelbarrow there, and he's like, "Wow, wheelbarrow buying apartments is a three legged stool." Write this down, everybody. Buy right manage right and finance right the wheel is a manage because it's in constant motion. Right, you need to do all three of those. If one of them isn't done properly your wheelbarrow is going to tip over. The buy right is the back leg. We can go into what the parameters are and the finance right is the other leg. You need to nail both of those. Once you bought it right, assets done. You need to you know, get that finance right piece, which what we're looking at right now is long-term fixed rate financing. Our last deal we closed in April, 3.52%. We underwrote it. It was 47 basis points below what we were predicting here at, at four. We closed at 3.52, a 10-year term, five years of interest only on this baby. So I mean, talk about a deal, that fixed rate financing. So we have the option of 
no, the exit strategy, are we going to hold it three years and then sell out? Or are we going to hold it for five to seven years? So the ability, the flexibility to work on that exit strategy with debt is, is important. So that's done. Now what we need to do is we need to operate this thing really well. We've got the strategy in place and we're going to manage this thing for the next three to five years and hopefully hold on and hopefully just continue to cash flow with it. So awesome. I love that concept. So I, I've never heard your wheelbarrow story, right? So that's, that's pretty cool. We love frameworks, Corey. We love frameworks, man. And if you just Mr. think about Cinziano. it, the, ba- the back leg is fixed. Once you buy it, there's no turning back, baby. You got to get that right. We want long-term fixed rate debt because we know we want to take that interest rate risk off the table. And once you do both of those, you, you buy it, you finance it, it all comes back to that wheel that's in constant motion in the management. Treat it as a business. That's the biggest thing. And, and even, even taking it, it's huge. No, it's huge. That's why we manage in-house. And if you take it a, a step further, even getting into the the game, we look at it, we say education. And guys, this may be the most important thing we say on this entire show. Education times action equals your results. Gino got educated. I was boots on the ground. We multiplied that together and we started knocking deals out. It didn't happen overnight, but once you get that first deal done, remember what we said before, people, systems, and culture. You got to get the right people on the ship. You got to get the right people on board. You got to work on your systems. You got to strategize, execute. Okay. And then it's about building a good culture. You know, our, our entire Rand fam is going to be there tomorrow while we're building the playground for the boys and girls club. Uh, you know, we're, we got this great whitewater rafting event coming up at the end of the year. We just, we focus on culture big time because we know our people are our biggest asset and they're the ones that are going to be really taking us to where we need to be. So love the frameworks, man. We, we analyze a lot of what we do and try to just duplicate the good stuff. So, right. So, with that, so let's, so what does your future look like? I mean, so you you guys figured out, you, you know, you started off humble, small, and and you you've kept the growing. You put framework, all the things you just talked about, and now what does the typical deal now look like? What are you guys trying to buy? So right now we're still buying deals in house. If we can't syndicate a deal, we can't get a momentum play. We're going to get a, a preferred rate of return. We're going to buy it in house. We just bought a deal back in December. It had a lot of hair on it got 30, 30 people. We got evicted out of 140 units. We're turning that property over. That's something we bought in-house because we know we're going to refire that thing out. We're going to put get all our money back and we maybe sell off a couple little pieces of it. That's something that we buy in-house. We won't syndicate that deal. The majority of deals, we're trying to go for $10 million and above. You know, We can raise three or $4 million in a deal. That's what we're looking at right now. Yeah. But everyone, everyone on the call, don't... Yeah, spot too. I mean, that's, that's my... You know, We start off in a spot, but now our average deal size, 10 to 15, maybe $20 yeah. million. Dollars. You don't start there, right? I mean, you progress there. Like everything else in life, you just grow into that, right? And your vision is always, your vision doesn't change, just the path changes. And I think that work too, because I don't even want to do any more projects per se. I just want to do some bigger projects. Mm -hmm. It's like two to three deals a year is a great pace for Corey Peterson. I can make, that's a, that's great. Like I don't need to go any busier than that. One of the things we want to do is actually start doing, uh, maybe looking at self-managing. We we almost have enough units. We absolutely self-manage. But uh, then I think about, do I want to do that? <laughs> it's a Corey, it's a lot of work, man. But it's 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 well worth it. But that's where we started. We didn't know any different. I'm, yeah. I'm very thankful for me, that we've done it. The difference for it's me a lot is of work. I had a uh, I, I have a revenue share with my management company, so it's kind of like having a partner without being a yes. partner. Mm-hmm. And I that, but it's kind of in a way, it's almost like self managing, but not because I have a partner in the game, and they I truly look at them as my partner because they have a, a game in the outcome. Right, and that makes them way more efficient. They're looking at it as, "Hey, we want to do well. We don't want to just do okay. We want to we want to kill it." So, for all you property management companies out there, you want to get into multifamily, 
That's how you get into multifamily. You partner with an operator, with a syndicator who's out there raising money. You run the deal, get a little bit of the equity, and you can partner up and you can grow your property management company multifaceted like what we did. We started out with an investment. From there, we had the property management company. From there, we had the education company, the media company. From there, we started doing syndications with asset management fees and raising deals. And now we've got a little capital company doing mortgages. So we multifaceted like you're doing and, and it just works so beautifully, but you don't start there. You end there yeah. and you continue to grow that out. You just keep playing the game because like, what else are we going to do? Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I always say, Bill, like, will you ever retire? I'm like, I don't think I'll ever retire because you know, for all the work that I took here now, the playing the game is not as hard and I, I, you know, I gotta do something and I enjoy it. I really enjoy, mm-hmm. like you guys just said, it's your pa- You found that it's your passion, right? Yes. Yeah. We don't, we're not going to retire. Yeah. But the other thing is too, we have, we have a lot of work to go still. Like we want to, we're starting to do uh, net promoter scores on the property management company and, you know, a company like Apple will get a 75 or better. So that's, that's where the bar is set. So now it's our, you know, mission on the property management side to get a net promoter score of 75 or better, because I truly believe that our blue ocean strategy is to create these communities on the property management side with a phenomenal customer service reasonable rates and we're not going to be competing with anybody we're going to have such high occupancy because we're treating people the right way and that's 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 the gap right now that we're trying to overcome and and blow everybody out of the water with on the property management side we hit that customer service piece right we nail that customer experience we can compete with anybody i don't care and and we're looking at it from like the holding company view where every property you go to every rand property has the same branding similar to what the hotels do yeah time and time again yeah, I love that idea. I love I love that piece of what the, of what you guys are doing there. So, um, you guys have a event coming coming up here pretty quick, right? Yes, October nineteenth and twentieth in Orlando at the Gaylord Palms. This will be our third annual event. We like to call it Multifamily Mastery Live. We're having a bunch of great speakers. Eric Thomas is going to be there. We have Rick Sapio there. Cole Hatter's there. So it's a little mixture of everything. A lot of multi. Don't forget bull- Jimmy Shields. You got the you got the family got man the family there too. Man right? there too. So I mean, it, it, we wanted to have a little bit for every everybody. We're gonna have me on. <laughs> we just it's the first date man <laughs> you know, open, open the book let's look at the first picture we got to use that as a you know you got to talk about that Corey. you can't leave folks cliffhanging like they know oh, yeah, okay so yeah let's just talk so we started this call we talked about uh this little book this little red book right here and so there was this is my wife and i we call it our love journal and um you know there's something we started back in 2012 and all it was is just something like when you have Normally, when you want to write a love letter to your spouse or whatever, you usually just grab a, a piece of paper and you write it. And then sometimes it just gets thrown in the trash after a while. But my wife, some, she brought home this journal and she actually wrote the first entry. And I would read it to you, but it may make me cry. So I'm not going to do it. But she was really saying, you're a pretty good dude. Okay? That's the summary. And she signed it. And I was like, wow. And what, what we found that we did is we, we kept it in a safe place. And then every time you felt inspired, you would go to this journal and you would pen your love note to your spouse. And it's not just love, but it's just really about life. You know, man, I'm so proud of you because you did this. I saw you accomplish that. Um, or I see you're struggling with this. I'm here for you. You know, just the, the things that we do in life. Mm-hmm. And it's a collection of those stories. And when you, do, when you pen that, then you got to go deliver it. And um, what we did, and this is something, again, this is mostly my wife's ideas, but she took one of our very first photos together. There we are. We look pretty. That's when I had more hair. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> For the folks and, on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and so 
we put that as the placeholder and then you got to deliver it because everybody wants to discover the love. And, you know, for us, uh, you know, Shelly, if I'm traveling, I'll wake up early and I'll put it in the kitchen sink or the bathroom sink. And she finds it and she gets to read the love note or I get to read the love note. Now, and that's all good. Everything like that is great. Just to have a collection of your stories is cool. But I, what I think is even more important is truly a legacy because words do have power. And one day we will pass away from this earth. And when we do, um, the only book that I care anybody in my family, my, my wife, my, or my kids to read is this red book right here. Because it is really a true collection of our love stories to each other and, and how much and, you know, I'm thinking about some of the entries in here. You know, I was telling you guys, you know, with my wife, it was like every year for about four years. This year, honey, like January 1, you know, that, that entry is, this is going to be a great year. Honey, this is the year you're going to retire. I'm going to be able to retire you. And that went on for like four years. And then there's one entry that says, honey, today's the day. Today is the day you no longer have to work. And, dude, it was a, that was a powerful day for me. That was one of those days. That was like my fifth year into the business, truly, where I finally got to sell my first big property and made a big, you know, couple million dollar check. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and then we reinvested it. We bought, it was actually the closing of the next deal is when I wrote it. Because that's when it became real. Because we had a 1031 exchange. I didn't get in touch any of the money until we completed the exchange. But when we completed that exchange and it was like, wow, and we just did something. And at that point we were set. One deal set us free. That's awesome. I got two things for you, Corey. Number one, Amazon needs content. You might just want to pack up the multifamily. Send this book over to Amazon. See if you can get a, a mini series going. You might cash in there. So you heard, it, you heard it here first. Number two, we've been talking about commit and figure it out. Jennifer's probably going to kill us, Gino, but I'm going to let you set it. Let's do promo code for Corey's audience only. Love book. For multifamily mastery three G dad, how much you taking off right now? Don't be a cheapskate. <laughs> you know what? How much? Freebie. I give it away for free. I give away the farm, right? Now, how much are you taking off? Off the tickets. We're gonna give away oh, off the multifamily. Oh, what are you in? Twenty five percent, bro. Twenty five percent. So for folks, go to multifamily mastery live. You do promo code lovebook. We're committing now, figuring it out later. Love we're taking twenty five percent off because Corey is Cupid and we're doing it for the folks. So, <laughs> there you go. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, dang man! What what a what a fun what a fun event, guys! Listen, um, you know, first of all, if people want to get a hold of you, besides that little piece right there, how do they find you? Where do they find you at? Like, you're, just, you're gonna podcast, yeah, um, website jakeandgino.com. Uh, we've got four podcasts. Uh, that's the Jake and Gino channel. Um, we do four different ones, which is great. We do a multi-family zone one. Me and my wife do it on spouses working with the spouse and really family centric because I think family is the most important thing, and I think got to be celebrated. I think we need to spend more time and talk about why family is important and how to connect with the family. We do a Rand Partners podcast, which is on syndication. We have our flagship, Jake's over there, the Wheel of Our Profits podcast, which is more gen biz and real multifamily. Then we do a Movers and Shakers podcast, which we highlight a student every week on a deal that they've closed. Because we've had students close over 4,000 units, over $400 million in assets on the management. And that's really awesome. When they start surpassing what we're doing and we're teaching them and we're giving out closers club, we're giving out swag to them. And it's just an awesome feeling to be able to do that. So um, they can reach us there. Go on iTunes. If you want to hit up and talk to me, Gino at Jake and Gino.com. I'd love to talk to you guys. Guys, for everybody listening right now, uh, honestly, so this is, these guys are the real deal. You know, they come from the heart. Um, they, they started and then they started small and they've grown uh, to a amazing 
business. And it's not just about them. And that's very unique. You don't hear that very often in the world um, of people trying to make a difference. They're not just trying to make a claim. They're trying to make a difference and not just in their lives, but in all the people that they affect. And I think that's very powerful. Last word for you guys. No, I just want to say thank you for having us on. I really enjoyed this, and I completely agree with you. It's it's just about creating communities to allow people to become the best version of themselves. Really, the core purpose at this point, and uh, just trying to make it happen every day. Guys, listen for everybody listening. You know, vision, mission. You know, you guys talk about commit, right? The most powerful asset you'll ever have is the thing in between your two ears. It's your brain. It is it is a powerful machine, and it will feed and it will help. It will help grow, but you've got to you've got to give it. The little uh, the engine the, the energy and that's really belief. You feed your belief into your what you want to accomplish because your your mind is powerful. And guys, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible. <laughs>